Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Chof Beis. Um, today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas. May your memory be a blessing. There's also for a full shleim of Yitzhak Yehuda ben Miriam and Chai Chai Kibas Bobo Nishra. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, we got to the, about the 10th last line of Chof Aleph Amud Beis, 21b. Um, the Gemara there is, remember we discussed that there. We were discussing Shneur, secondary Arayos, the Isurei Drabonon, Doraiso, we discussed right at the beginning, there were 15 that could fall in Yibum, and then there were another six, and now we discussed Arayos uh, Drabonon that could be confused, and if you move like one generation, you would transgress Isur Doraiso, one of the Arayos Minatoros. So, Shalaf Lei Rav Masharisha Mitusanya Lerav Papi, Yomadaini Rabbeinu, teach us our Rebbe. Teach us if the following are considered shniyos. Aishes ochi ovi ha'av va'achos ovi ha'av. Mahu. What's the regarding the wife of your grandfather's brother, your father's father's brother, and the sister of your father's father, the sister of your grandfather? So midelamata erva lemali lemalen ami gozri. Do we say since if you'd go one generation down, are your father's sister, your father's um, uh, your father's brother's sister yeah, would be an erva. So too, these are an erva. If you go one generation, the issue of or perhaps this, they more distant relatives. There and there's a generation. There's an extra generation. Says Toshma, come and yeah, I'll prove to you. Mahench Nios, what are the secondary um what are the Isurei Drabona, but local Khajabadayu. We had a price on the previous page which listed eight Orias, and these two weren't included in that list. It says Tana Vashire. No, the Tana left out. It says so now generally we have a principle, whenever you want to tell me that the Tana gave a list, we have a price and it has a list, the Mishnah it has a list. If you want to tell me that it's not a comprehensive list and, it, and it's leaving out the one that you want to assume, you have to show me that at least it left out two. I think this far is, why would he give a comprehensive list except for one? If you're going to give a list and leave out two or more, okay, that makes sense. You can't list every single, you can't always list every single example. So, Tana Vashai. So, he left out Mashai So, what else did he leave out? So Shire Shniois today Rebbe Chia. He left out the secondary arise of Rebbe Chia, the, the Drabonans of Rebbe Chia. We'll see over the page Rebbe Chia is going to add another six. Says Amaymer Echshar Baishes Ochi Ovia Av of Achos Ovi Oviv. Amaymer permitted your grandfather's brother's sister or your uh, brother's wife or your grandfather's wife. Amalei Rabbeil Ravashi Rabbeilol. Asked the, uh, regarding this psak from Ravashi, he says, Ravna. I saw a list of Isurei Drabonan according to Ravna, Marbrei um, Ravna, because Vinan Shistali Isura, and he only and he had a list of sixteen. So my love, how are you going to arrive at sixteen Isurei Drabonan, Arayos Drabonan? Says my love, it must be Timni de Manisa, the eight of the Brisa that we saw on Amud Aleph. And the six of Rebichia, that's on the top of the next page. 
And now he's still short. It says, Vahanath Tarti, and these two. Or Shishri, that's how you get seven, 16. I, I know there's a list of 16. I don't remember what was on those lists, but it must have included these two, because otherwise you're going to fall short of the number. It says, It says, wait, but then you're going to have to add a 17. Because we, and this was the sugya where we stopped with yesterday, included your... Um, this is a tricky one. Your uncle on your mother's side, aye, but her brother, her, her maternal brother, your mother's maternal brother, um, brother's wife, is also to you as one of the secondary arias. But now we have 17. It says, no, no, these two that are very similar, why are they very similar? They're your grandfather's um, they're your grandfather's sister or grandfather's sister-in-law. So they're very similar. So that accounts as one. history, so you have 16. So that's why he wants to say that there must have been these two that we're asking about, your grandfather's brother's wife and your grandfather's sister, must be the Shniyos. says, and as I said, I saw in the list that they were included um, that there were 16 that are asked. So says, wait, but if you would have seen this list and it would have said that these arayas are permitted, would you have relied on the list in that case? Says, was my Braderavna's signature on it? I could you verify that it was from him? You, so you were going through his old notes and you found this list. But there's nothing to verify that list is from him. And therefore you wouldn't rely on it to matter Arayos. So now that he's writing in the there's no proof that my Braid Ravna signed on it, that he authorized it, that he verified it, that it is from him. So in short, we're saying again, we're asking about these two, your grandfather's um, your grandfather's sister and brother's sister-in-law and we wanted to suggest that yes they must be included because we know there was a list of 16 arayas and we, we've just shown that wait that list of 16 is not necessarily reliable and therefore we're not going to prove either way from it <coughs> okay Tony now the Gomorrah is going to bring the arayas the shniyos the, the arayas the rabbonon the very bichir so Tony the very bichir shlishi shebibno Three generations down from his son and his daughter, I, his great granddaughter from his son and his great and his <coughs> great granddaughter, I, his uh, his daughter's son's daughter. Those are two. The ben ishto and his wife's son's daughter, or yeah, well, his wife's son's daughter's son. Vishabas Ishto and similarly her daughter's daughter's <coughs> daughter or her well yeah her, her daughter's son's daughter his wife is a Shniya. Ravi and now counting four generations up in the family tree, Shebakhomiv of his father in law, i.e. his father in law's mother's <laughs> mother. And his mother-in-law's mother's mother, Shnia, are also these Isurei Drabonim. So those are the six of Rebbe Chia. So Amalei Rebbe Vina Rabashi, 
How come when we're counting up the generations, we include your wife as generation one, and therefore her father's mother's mother or her mother's mother's mother is the fourth generation? And when we're counting down, we don't count from the wife. We start from the son, and therefore you end up third generation. They both. Why, why, why in the one case do we include the wife as the starting point, the first generation, and then count and not the other one? No, because when we were counting the generations going up, they were only also to him through his wife. Where were they also to him? Because they were his wife's father, his wife's mother. So therefore it's through his wife, so therefore we count the wife as generation one. Lamata, but when we were counting down, where the Isra is not from his wife, it stems straight from him. It's, therefore, we do not count his wife as the first generation. It says, wait, but your wife's son and your wife's daughter, which are counting down and they're only also to you because they are your wife's son and daughter, so we should count your wife as generation one. And then, and then count down the generations. It says no. I did the Tanish Lishi Shloisha Doris Lamata Diday Loiko Veloi Choshva Taninami Gimel Doris Lamata Dido Veloi Choshva. It says no. Once we counting the generations going down, and when we counting from him, we only start counting. I first generation would be his son or his daughter, and second generation would be their child, and third generation. Are we not counting him as first generation? So once we're going to contrast that with his wife's children. We're also not going to count his wife as generation one. Okay, Omalera. So this, again, this is uh, we're clarifying the the exponent, the the price of Rebbe Chia, the language, but we we haven't changed anything in who we thought we were talking about. We just why is it in the one case counting it in one way and counting it in another? So it's Omalera counting the generations. So Omalera Rabashi, Rav Kahana, Shmuel the very Rebbe These Shmuels, these Rabbinic Arayas, according to Rebbe Chia. Do they stop where they are? Is it specifically who he mentioned? Or do they not stop? And it would extend all generations. So when we say like your mother-in-law's mother's mother is one of the Shneos, what about her mother and her mother and her mother going up in generations? Is there have sex? And no, it's just your mother-in-law's mother's mother. Or do we say it continues? And so to it down, do we say it's your... Your your son, your daughter's son's son, is that just that third generation is also? But if you go to their daughter, their, you know, it wouldn't be or not. Do they have hefsek or not? So Toshmanta Omarev, Rab Rab said, Dalit Noshim, Yeshlem Hefsek, the two law. But we saw in yesterday's daft that Rab says there are four women who have hefsek and the others do not. There's no deal, Makiyo Omarev, Lahimanisa. No, maybe Rab, when he said that there were only four, he was going on that mish, that price. Again, we had that price which listed H And there Rab said there are four that have hepsek. But on this price of Rebbe we don't see any any clear comments. It's Toshma Ashlishi Okay, I'll try to prove from the language of the price that says the third generation are your sons, um, your great granddaughter, etc. The third generation, Virivi, and the fourth generation going up, Shlishi Virivi in Tfeilo. That seems to imply specifically the third generation going down and not the fourth generation. Specifically the fourth generation going up and not the fifth generation going up. No, it could be from a Shlishi onwards, downwards, and from a Ravi upwards are Shneos. Either not Isurei or Raisa, but they are Shneos, and that is why. 
um, at, at phrases like that. So we actually haven't answered our question. Would your, your we said your great-granddaughter is a Shania. What about your great-great-granddaughter? So we haven't actually answered that question. And so too with going up. Um, interestingly enough, so, so what do you do? What's the halacha? Can someone marry their great-great-granddaughter? Or their mother-in-law's mother's mother's mother. Okay, that's, a, that's another question, obviously. Uh, practically, it's not going to necessarily work out because she'll probably be at least uh, 60 years younger than you, if not more. But yeah. Well, I'm saying theoretically, I'm saying, the, obviously the question is more theoretical, as I said, because your great-granddaughter is not going to, is probably going to be around 60 years younger than you. Yeah. So a bit more, but less. So it's not so practical, but theoretically. But so how would you paskin? So interestingly, the, the Rambam says, the Rambam paskins Lukula. So Isu Durabonan, it's left unresolved, so you can go lenient. And you have a soft is that so, so there's a machlokes we showing him how to deal with the take. You know, sometimes the Gemara actually says teku, which means we leave it unresolved. So there's a mach- some hold that wherever it says teku, it means go straight. And some hold no, where it says teku, it's saying it's left unresolved, and therefore we would need our other principles to kick in. So you, Doraisa uh, lechumra, Dorabon and lekula, Mamonos. If it's Amoyzi Mechavera, has the one who wants to take it has to bring the proof. So there are different ways of dealing with the taiku. Okay, let's go on to the next piece. Um, now this is by Geirim. Now remember, Doraisa Geirim. Once someone's converted, he's kakoton chenoila dami. He's like a newly born person, so he doesn't have any relatives. So even though when he was a non-Jew, he had a mother who was also to him, he had a sister who was also to him, now that he's a Jew, if his mother also converts and his sister also converts, he can marry them, strictly speaking. So, says, said to have you met, have you bumped into these scholars from, who've come from the West, from Eretz Israel, and they have a big question from Israel. It says, Did they make the Gzeira on Shneos Bagarim, or did they not make the Gzeira of Shneos Bagarim? Is a convert not allowed to marry his, uh, mother, his great-granddaughter, or somewhere more close, his father's pater- maternal sister? That was what his, is he not allowed to marry any aunt like he's not allowed to marry because uh, she's a shnir. says, Omale Erva says, what's the reason that the actual Arias Chazal came along and said a ger is not allowed to marry one of the actual Arias? He's not allowed to marry his mother. What's the reason? He says, We don't want people to come along and say he's going from a stricter sanctity to a more lenient sanctity. I Doraisa, you right, he can, but to it looks bad. When he was a non-Jew, he had all these special halakhas. And now that he's a Jew, he's, he's more careless. When he was a non-Jew, he treated that lady as his, as his mother and he would never have married her. And now you're telling me that he's a Jew, he can marry her. That just doesn't seem um, right. That doesn't seem appropriate for the Kedusha that he's taking on. Um, so therefore, when he's a Jew, we also add it. So, Shneel me boy. Would you think that the Shneer should be also to him? When he was a non-Jew, he wasn't also to these women. So now that he's a Jew, why are we going to come along and say that he's also to them? Remember, it's only the woman that he was that he was also to when he was a non-Jew. Are we going to come and extend it and say he's also to them when he's a Jew? But these Shneers, there was no Isu Durab, there's no Durab on non-Jews. 
So those wouldn't necessarily apply to him. Now that those do not apply to him as a Jew. Oh, Omar Nathan, Gairim Hoiva, Osali Adon, Neighbor Bahu Milsa. Oh, now that we've mentioned uh, Ger, let me mention another halacha regarding it. I, you know, once we decide, it says, Afi mina aim lo yeidu. If you have two brothers who are brothers from the mother and they convert together, they're not allowed to testify. The imahidu edus and edus. If they do testify, the edus is valid. Rashi explains because, well, let's see, achim mina avma idin lechachila. However, achim from the father's side can testify lechachila. Rashi explains why. He says, if it's from the mother, he says, we do not allow them to testify. Again, they were brothers when they were non-Jews. And now that they're Jews, Dorai, so they're not really brothers anymore. But he says, the kurvas ain be geirim kurvahi. Geirim who share a mother are considered relatives. The whole imahu, because you can't get around that that is his mother. You know, the, you know who the woman gave birth to. It says, however, and therefore, but if they testify, it's a valid testimony. Why? The cotton They're not really two brothers testifying there. They're strangers because they're newly born as Gairim. And then we said, but if they're from the father, he can testify. That's the way it phrases here. But basically, the Torah considers the father unidentifiable. By non-Jews, you don't view them as related to their father. You can't. Um, Rashi is saying it in a very. Uh, Rashi is bringing the drosha, but it's, he's saying it based on the fact that you never know who the father is. We don't. Try, they're very promiscuous, the mitzrim, and therefore we don't know who the father is, and therefore we never attribute someone to their father. So therefore, we don't mind if two brothers who are thought to be from the same father testify. <laughs> Amaima says even Achimina'im can testify Lechatkila. Oh, Mashna Arayas, why would you not say that? Why is it different to Arayas? Ah, but Arayas, we said when a Ger converts, we have to leave him with the same restrictions as he was. So he couldn't marry his mother when he was a non Jew. We're not going to let him marry his mother now that he's a Jew. So if he couldn't, if it was his brother, and theoretically, I guess, I don't know the laws of Mishpatim Bar and Akum, but since it was considered his brother, and we wouldn't have let two brothers testify, I mean, we don't let non-Jews anyway testify, so I'm just not sure exactly, but the half is, oh, we treated them as brothers before they converted, so now we're going to treat them as brothers again. Well, we're not going to treat them as brothers, and we're going to allow them to testify together. That seems uh, inconsistent. So he says, no, erba l'chol masura. No, who once married is given over to everyone. So there might be a bit of confusion. You say, oh, that guy, he was allowed to marry his sister. Why can't I marry his sister? He married his paternal aunt. Why can't I marry my paternal aunt? Not realizing that, oh, wait, he's a convert and there's a special halacha about converts because they think. So therefore, Chazal went strict. Comes along... Um, but by Eidos, Eidos obeys the Masurah. Who's in charge of Eidos? Who's always dealing with witnesses? That's the Beisdin. The Geshe is guy, and therefore the Beisdin know. They know they can accept these two brothers because they convert. They're not going to make a mistake in the Halacha. Therefore the Geshe is guy, the overriding principle is that they are um, converts. Yeah, so that's uh, so that's uh, so interesting enough. We've actually come out with two reasons why a ger who converts is still also, but with the arias he was also to when he was an Anji. The first one we said is that people shouldn't say, "Oh, he's going from a higher level of kedusha 
more mitzvahs, more, more uh, holiness. Remember, the people you offer to add holiness to you, he's going from a higher level of holiness to a lower level of holiness when he converts. And now we just saw another reason, is that we don't want people to get confused with who they're allowed to marry or not. Oh, that guy married his aunt, why well, can't I marry my aunt? Uh, so there's those two reasons, Tosfos and the other, others go into why we have those two reasons. Just a very interesting thing regarding, um, this would be just a side point, just uh, a fascinating discussion that comes up, um, that this Gomorrah is sometimes viewed as the source for, is what's the halacha regarding... Of sitting Shiva or does he have to still honor his parents? And the Rambam basically says that yeah, he's not allowed to hit them, he's not allowed to curse them, and he's not allowed to uh, um, insult them. He has to he has to have a little bit of he says he has to show them a little bit of covet, mixas covet. That's what the Rambam says. So um, the question is, wait, when he was a non-Jew, he didn't have a mitzvah of kibravaim. No mitzvah. And now that he's a Jew, so why should he have that mitzvah on him? So the one answer, the one answer, which I think is quite a beautiful and important answer, is there's actually a dual aspect to Kibbutz Rabbein. There's the aspect of, I've got a mitzvah, one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and mother. And there's another mitzvah of Yira, to have awe, to show respect to your parents. But then on the flip side, there's also the do you know what we'd call it? The more Musar aspect that you owe a satov, you owe a sense of gratitude. And that's why even non-Jews, actually there's the famous Gomorrah Sanhedrin of Kibushin, where we learn Kibbutz how far you have to go for Kibbutz aim from non-Jews. Because there is that natural Hakora Satov appreciation and uh, gratitude and uh, I guess a debt that one owes their parents. And that, a non-Jew would have that. He wouldn't generally show respect to his mother and father and treat them well and not hit them. Naturally, not because it's a mitzvah. So now you're going to come along and say, well, he treated his parents very well when he was a non-Jew and now we're going to, as a, as a Jew, we're going to let him do what he wants to them. He says, no, we can't allow that. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more to discuss in that. Um, yes? Uh, wouldn't he be prohibited to his... Uh, sister wants to again, just oh, so, so let's say him and his sister convert. You're right. If she, if he converted and his sister didn't, then he's not allowed to uh, marry a non-Jew. But let's say. Only if they convert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I meant to make that clear, but yeah. So obviously, so him and his sister convert. The whole family converts. We see that in our community. Our whole families convert. All. Um, so there, strictly speaking, no one, none of them are related to each other, so they could marry each other. But no. They couldn't when they were non-Jews, so we're going to go strict and say that they can't when they're Jews. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's a, yeah, but again, I don't think he had a chiyuv of kibbutz aim. Yeah. I mean, I think there's good grounds to say that gratitude and appreciation to people who have helped you. I mean, your parents give you life. There's no greater. Um, helping them, but even so, if, especially parents who looked after you when you were a child, they paid for food, they paid for nappies, they <laughs> raised you, they you know they made sure you were okay. I, th- I think, but in general, you could almost say appreciation is an obligation. I don't obviously there's no it's not one of the 630 mitzvahs and it's not, but uh, it's an obligation. It's something we have to be very uh, sensitive to. Anyone who helps us in any way, 
we owe them a debt. So you, you hear the word, a debt of gratitude. You owe it to them. Okay, so it's not a it's not a chovez in one of the mitzvahs, but I think it's an important midah that we have to uh, think about and try inculcate. Okay, let's go on to the next Mishnah. It says, If someone has a brother, Mikol Mokom, any type of brother, Zokak es ishto, Aishes ochiv leyibum. This brother's wife gets bonded to him in yibum. Or if that... Yeah. So, so whatever type of brother he is, he yibum will count. And he's considered his brother in all halachos. Except for someone who has a brother born from a maidservant or a non-Jew. Because as we'll see, they're not considered Jewish in the Mishnah now. It says, If someone has a son from any type of son, will exempt his, this son will, whatever type of son, we'll discuss in the Gemara what type of son, we, what, what we mean by any type of son, but the son will exempt his father from Yibum. And if he hits or curses his father, he'll be liable. And he's his son in all halachas. And this would be except a son from a shifcha and a vodes kachavim. From a, if it's a son from a non Jew or a maidservant. A yeah. Okay, now there's a very interesting discussion. Uh, the Rashba brings it here and the Ritva. It's quite a broad discussion, but I'll just mention the title. So we said that any type of son is included in a son. So the Rashba brings here, Kuntra Benushira, a Meshumad would also be um, considered a brother or a child. A Meshumad is an apostate, someone who starts serving up a Zorro, goes, lives as a like part of another religion. So Rabbeinu Shreira Gaon says that he's still considered a brother, even if your brother becomes a Meshubat. Rabbi Yehudai Gaon says no. Um, he does not. He says if let's say a man has a brother who became an apostate and then he dies without children, his wife doesn't fall in Yibum and so to the other way around, which is a fascinating uh, theory. Um, so, and that's what the Rashi says, but sorry, Talmud, we need a good uh, learning, we need a lot of explanation. Why? It says, the Mishnah, firstly, the Mishnah is only excluded the child of a Shifchor and Ochris. And we have a general principle, Meshumad to Yisrael, who? A Kiddush of Kiddushit. If you have a Meshumad, even though he's a sinner, he's still considered a Jew. And if he would um, do Kiddushin, we would say the woman's married. So, um, it says we see that later on. Uh, yeah, as we saw, we also we saw at the beginning of the towards the end of the first parak, if uh, someone from the areas of the ten tribes does kiddushin, you have to suspect that it's a real kiddushin. Now there was all people, those cities, everyone lived as non-Jews. Everyone served the Vodazora. Yet if one of them do kiddushin, you have to be concerned that maybe it's from someone from the ten tribes. And then we brought the drosha that, no, there was a special one-sort drosha that they made their children like non-Jews. Because remember we said, uh, and that's what we said at the end of the first parak, which clearly implies that in normal circumstances, even someone who lives as an non-Jew would be considered a Jew and the Yibum should take effect. And if they have Kiddushin, well then their Zika, their connection in Yibum, should also take effect. 
So what would be a svara to say? So, so the easy way of learning, the straightforward way of learning, is that obviously a meshubad counts as a brother or a child, and yibum would take effect. So what would it? Why would it not? Um, I had one svara, but now it slipped my mind. Um, Um, oh, the one swara could be, what's the purpose of Yibum? That's to re-establish your brother's name. If we're dealing with the Meshumat, and he's going to raise, um, he's going to raise the child as a, someone who serves Avodah he's not re-establishing your brother's name. And therefore, maybe there's no mitzvah of Yibum by a brother or a Meshumat, or a child who's a Meshumat, might not count as a, as a child. Thought that's a fascinating, a fascinating idea, a fascinating psak of Rabbi Yehuda. Go on, um, go on, that a Meshumat does not count as a brother. Um, interestingly, I once heard Rabbi Shechto when he was speaking about the halacha, um, he, he was speaking about the mitzvah Puravu, and he said that where it would be next to impossible to raise the child as Jewish, uh, someone who serves Hashem, there might not be a mitzvah of Puravu. He said, so for example, in uh, Soviet Russia, where it was next to impossible to raise a child as a Jew, he said there's not necessarily a mitzvah to have children, because the mitzvah of having children is raising them as Jews. And therefore, so maybe that's a similar spora here, that yeah, unless you're going to establish your brother's name with a child who's going to live as a Jew, then there's no mitzvah. But okay, that's, uh, that could be one spora to support that. Now the Gemara says, so, so we sent any type of brother counts as a brother for humans. He says, What's any type of brother? So Amr Yudah, Latu Yemamzer, it's coming to include a mamzer. Well, obviously a mamzer is your brother, just because he's a uh, mamzer, why is he not your brother? Remember, a mamzer is someone who's born from uh, one of the Arayas, one of the Arayas, Isurei Koros. So Mahu No, you might have thought we should compare where it says Achim by Yibum to where it says Achim by the children of Yaakov. Maybe just as the, all the sons of Yaakov were kosher, none of them were Mamzerim. So to here, none of them should be Mamzerim. Um, so Kamash Malana comes to teach that no, regarding Yibum, a Mamzer is still a brother. But why don't we actually say maybe we should learn from Yaakov? And say that only a kosher, a kosher brother, a non-mamzer, is a brother for Yibum. Since the mamzer will exempt his father from Yibum. If a father has a mamzer as a child, he will be exempt from Yibum. The wife will be exempt from Yibum. The mamzer can also act as a, act as a brother that will get a zika. I think what he's saying is that... Um, we don't see any reason to say that an, a mamzer is not included in the halachas of Yibum. So, and then we said he's considered his brothers for all halachas. So what's this adding in? I, by telling us that one's brother who's a mamzer is his brother in other halachas, not only Yibum. So it says, to inherit him and if they kohanim, to become tome for him. We know a kohen is not allowed to become tome for anyone except close relatives. What about a mamzer brother? He also becomes tome for his brother who's a mamzer. He can bury him. Shit, isn't that obvious? Ochifu, it's his brother. No, it's 
Except a coin is only allowed to become tome for his closest relatives. And it says that Sheero is referring to his wife. A coin is allowed to become tome for his wife. And it also says that a husband is not allowed to become tome amongst his people for one who desecrates him. So we see that we see that there's a husband who does become tome. And a husband that does not become Tomei. Okay, so how do you get it? When would a husband who's a coin allowed to become Tomei? And when would he not be allowed to become Tomei? So he says, Maybe you would say that he only becomes Tomei for his... Well, yeah, we do say he only becomes Tomei for his wife who's kosher, not his wife who's apostle. So So maybe we'd say the same thing with his brothers. He becomes a coin's allowed to become Tomei for his kosher brothers, but not for his brothers who are not kosher, e.g. a mamzer. Kamash Malan. Therefore we need the Mishnah to teach us, no, he does become Tomei even for his brother who is a mamzer. Of Emahachanami. So why don't we say at the end of the day that's true? He should not become Tomei for a mamzer. All we've said is the Mishnah is coming to teach us that he becomes Tomei for a mamzer. But where does the Mishnah get it from? Maybe he should not become Tomei for his ma- brother who's a mamzer. He says, No, No. When a coin is married to someone he should not be married to, he's supposed to get divorced. So even though she's his wife, it's a very tenuous uh, marriage because he should get divorced. But here, it's still his brother. There's no reason to say that a mamzer is not his brother. Okay. Except for someone who has a brother from a shifcha and a avoides overes kochovim. This is my timer. What's the reason? Why is your brother from a non-Jew or a slave not a brother? Says Omakrai, The woman and her children will be to her master. Uh, there's a very unique halacha that a Jewish slave, the master of a Jewish slave, can give his Jewish slave to one of his other female slaves who are non-Jews. Remember, um, Shiftet Nanis is not a Jew. Generally, it would be Osir for a Jew to marry her. But here, if he's a slave, his master is allowed to... Uh, so that he can have more slave children. So, though, but it says that those children will be to the master. Are they still slaves? So we see from there that a child of a slave is a slave, not a child of the Jewish husband. Then we said, Then we said, so that was in regards to the brother. Now moving on to the son. So we said, any type of son counts as a son and will exempt him from Yibum. When you said any type of brother, what were you referring to? What were you come to include? So Amar Mamzer. To include a Mamzer, my time to Uben Ein Law. If he does not have a son and he makes a drosha ayin or love, it switches the ain to ayin, investigate after him. I look if he has any sons, even a mamzer. Remember, the sons that he has from his wife and are not illicit, he's going to, you're going to know about. But look, do some research, make sure he doesn't have sons from uh, other, other unions, other relations. says the son is obligated if he hits his father. Regarding, it lumps together cursing your father and hitting your father. And we also find, but there's an issue to curse and hit, uh, to curse a leader. And it says, but it uses the language, a leader, a king amongst your people, you shall not curse. And it makes the, so we make the drosha, 
So where is it? For Oise Masa Amsa, only if he acts like a Jew. If you have a king who doesn't, or a leader that doesn't act like a Jew, who's a Rasha, these halachas don't apply. So now this father, what sort of son are we speaking about? A Mamzer. It means his father was a Rasha. His father was a, an adulterer, incest. He committed transgressed one of these Arayos. That's why, he's a, that's why this son is a Mamzer. So why should the son be liable for cursing or hitting his father? His father's a Rasha. And these laws don't apply to a father's a Rasha. It's like a Pinchas said in the It's where he did Shuva. Hachanami, so so too, we can say in our case, this, that a Mamzer's son would be liable for hitting his father, is where his father did Shuva. Ah, Vahai Bar Shuva, who? Can someone who has a Mamzer really do Shuva? Vahotan, we learned in a Mishnah. Shimon ben Manasi, Aimer, Ezu, Ma'uvas, Lo Yuchal, Atakein. Shimon ben Manasi explained the Pasuk as a perversion that can never be fixed. This is someone who is with an erva and he has a mamzer as a child. That can never be fixed. The mamzer is there. This is how do you do tshuva for such a scenario when your avera is sitting in front of you? The results of your avera are sitting in front of you. No, he can still do the acts. He can still behave like a Jew. I, there's an aspect of tshuva or there's an aspect of his avera that's in front of him. And therefore he can't atone for that. But in regards to doing tshuva and becoming a good Jew, that he can do. Interesting, uh, interesting distinction we're making. That there seems to be, by the fact that his Avera, his mamzer son is sitting next to him, by the fact that the Avera, the result of the Avera is there, you can't say it's undone, then... Uh, um, they, he can do tshuva and he can live as a Jew, but there's some aspect of, I don't know what, what you would refer to it as, kapor or something, that, that is still a problem. Interesting, just one interesting question on this, so would you make a difference between, let's say, someone who kills someone? Is that an Avera that can't be undone? Could he do tshuva for it? So I don't know if it was Tosas, I'm trying to remember where it is. He's executed. So when he does shuva just before they execute him. Okay, but I mean it should be similar to a mamzer in regards to that the result of his avera is there. It's not so, some averas. But what do we say about a mamzer? He can, the father can actually do shuva. Yeah, that's what we're saying. The father can do shuva. Um, my time. So so what about murder? I can't remember if it was Tosfos or someone. I saw that. The mamzer is especially bad because he's there in existence, in the world, the mamzer. There's no way to get that out. But okay, something, obviously there's a lot more to think about in regards to this sugi of doing tshuva, but your avera is still there, the result of your avera is still there. But let's, um, you could almost say it's one of the miracles of tshuva, is that you can do tshuva for something that can't, anything and something that can't really be Undone. Yeah, okay, so there's certain things that it's very difficult to do tshuva for, whatever, but it's yeah. It's a where you just learn it from apart from the Torah, which deals with your isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't really want to go into tshuva now, but it's brought to if you need to, like sometimes if you need to bring a korban, so learn about the korban, etc. Um, yeah, obviously, I mean, we say the Rambam says there's tshuva for everything, there are 24. So are various or scenarios that are very difficult to do tshuva for, but it doesn't seem that there's anything that you can't do tshuva. Okay, Tana Rabbana Abala Chosav Hibas Aishas Oviv. We learned the price if someone is intimate with his sister, the wife of his father's. 
Now we're going to see that this Aishas Aviv means from his, from his, from his, the wife, someone his father was married to. Because we're going to have two psukim. One is someone who his father was married to, and a child his father had out of wedlock. So that's a bear that in mind when it says Aishas Aviv. So, so if someone um, has relations with his sister, the daughter of his father's wife, he's liable to two arayos. And if it's done by mistake, he'd bring two koban khatos. One is achoisa, his sister, which is any girl who is sister, whether it's, whether it's from her father, whether from his father, in or out of wedlock. And the specific avera of the do- his wife's, his father's wife's daughter. Because she falls into both of those categories. says, no, he's only liable to one Abeira, and that is his sister, and not the extra one of his father's wife's daughter, even though she is also that. It says, my time at Rabbanon, what's the reason for the rabbis that they say you're liable to both? It says, Once the Torah comes along and says, the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, the daughter of your mother. I, so we already know someone, that's one of the rise is one sister. The posuk which says that the daughter of your wife, of your the daughter of your father's wife, who's born to your father, are your sister. She's your sister. Why do I need that pasuk? Again, just look at the pasukim again, because this is what the whole, the, the next piece is going to be focused on. The one pasuk is, The nakedness of your sister, whether she's the daughter of your father or the daughter of your mother. But there, there's nothing to do with marriage. So it could be born, a, a sister born to one of your parents, out of wedlock. And then the second pasuk is, Ervas bash aishes of vicho moleres of vicho, the nakedness of the daughter of your father's wife who was born to your father is your sister. Obviously, your, it's your sister from your father. So why do I need the second pasuk? So the rabbonet say it's clearly coming to tell us that you would be liable to two. You'd be liable to sleeping with your sister whether or not it's in or out of wedlock, and liable to the second arias of your someone who your father, your sister from your father and mother through marriage. Of Rabbi Yosi Yehuda. So then how does Rabbi Yosi Yehuda you learn? He's, he has the same two psukim, but he says you're only liable for one. He says, Omakra, the Pasuk says, she is your sister. I, that the he is limiting it. No, it's coming to tell us that you're liable because of just the Pasuk of your sister, and not the Pasuk of your father's wife's daughter. Of Rabbonon, my So what did the Rabbonon do with this Because remember, they said you are chayv because of both psukim. Says no, mi boila to tell us that you're liable for your sister born to your father and your mother out of wedlock. When your parents, the parents weren't married, this girl was born to them out of wedlock. Says and it's coming to teach us that you don't work out punishments based on logic. I, what, um, what we're saying is as follows. The Pasuk said, Whether it's your sister from your father 
or a sister from your mother, again, out of wedlock, you would be liable. What about a sister who is your full sister from your father and your mother? Now you would have thought, if you're telling me you're liable on a, on a half-sister, you, you should definitely be liable on a full sister. So by the fact that the Torah has to tell us, no, you're liable on your half-sister from your father, and your half-sister from your mother, and your full sister from your parents, we see that in these Harim Minadin, we actually learn out you're not allowed to add a punishment based on your own logic. So we couldn't say that. That's, uh, that's the whole point of this uh, drosha, of this extra psukim, is to teach us this principle, that you do not, you can't make a punishment out of logic. It's very logical. If you're liable on a half-sister, you should definitely be liable on a full-sister. But you're not allowed to create a punishment out of, you're not allowed to create a negative commandment out of our logic. Um, and that's why we need to list it as a separate punishment. And he would respond, if it's coming to teach a full sister out of wedlock, then let it just say achoyzcha. Why does it have to say he? That's to teach us that you're liable only for the Avera of your sister and not the daughter of your father's wife. Verabonin. Oh, so they could also learn this. It's basically, there's an, if you want to learn like Verabonin, there's an extra word in the Pasuk. So why can't they learn the same as uh, Rabbi Yudah? Why do they need he? It says, no, Even though it says, you still need he. That in general, your arm was Harin Minadin. I, you might have said here for whatever reason by the Arayos that's where we can't learn out an extra Avera from logic but maybe in all other areas of the Torah you could and if you say oh but then why do we need the if we have a principle that in general yeah, I guess this would be in Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda, if in general you are Muzhari Minadin, why does it say Achos? Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. So, sorry, back a step. We're saying that you should not be liable. The point of this Pasuk Achos is to tell us that not only by Arayos do we not create Arayos out of logic, just because you're liable on incest with your half-sister, you would not necessarily be able to say you're liable for your, heart, for your full sister, and therefore we need a and he has come to exclude the rest of the Torah, which implies that if not for he, I would have said, Muzharin Minatin, you can create an issue from logic. Now, if you can create an issue from logic, um, by the rest of the Torah, um, once, once you can create a thing from logic, why would I need a choyzcha? Yeah, sorry, let me zoom in. Yeah. 
Oh, no, if you want to say that in general, you almost harim in adin. Yeah, so, so we've said that you, we have a strong havamina that you can create. As I said, it's very logical. So we have a strong havamina, a strong uh, initial thought that you should be able to create it. So why don't we create it? Must be. Um, therefore, why do we need a choyzcha to come along and say, create it here? And then he comes and says, no, ain mizharim min adin. He says, no, milsut aisi of the kavachai, metor of a kos of lakra. Sorry, you know what, I'm a little bit confused on this piece. Let's leave it there. We're, um, we'll catch it up and we'll uh, finish this piece tomorrow.